This week's Parsha, we um, learn about two totally magical thinking episodes, and then we also have the death of Aaron, the death of Miriam, overcoming the Amorites, the Israelites overcome the Amorites in this portion, and then Moses gets insanely angry, and he hits the rock instead of speaking to it. God gets angry at him for not speaking to the rock, but hitting it with a stick instead, and God punishes Moses. What's Moses' punishment? Right, he doesn't get into the promised land. So um, that's pretty serious punishment for um, hitting a rock with a stick, but it was also for disobeying God. The um, two parts that I just wanna um, highlight are totally bizarre, and they come from, um, one comes from the sacrificial cult, and one comes from this episode in the wilderness. So the one from um, the episode in the wilderness is that the people were again complaining against God, and God sent these venomous serpents or snakes to bite and kill the Israelites. So in Chukat, the Israelites are chased down by snakes, the snakes bite them and people begin to die. So the people go to Moses and say, pray on our behalf to God, um, we're sorry for having complained about being in the wilderness and wanting to go back to Egypt again. Um, so Moses prays on their behalf and God says, Moses, I want you to make an enormous snake out of metal and I want you to wind it around a pole and make it um, in so big that all of the Israelites, after they're bit by a snake, can come up to it, they can look at this, and they'll be healed. And that's what happened. Now what's the strange thing about like the snake winding around the pole? What does that seem like? Like idolatry, right. But God says to do it, so it's not idolatry. Um, and where do you think the sign for doctors comes from. What's the sign for a doctor? Right, the pole with the snake around it comes from our Torah portion. Um, I mean, I think, because that was a, <laughs> I mean, that was a really, that was a really long time ago. It was like 4,000 years ago, so where else would it have come from? It also comes from Greek mythology, but there's this weird story. <laughs> but that, that was after this story, so I think Greek mythology, Asclepius, the um, Greek god of medicine, borrowed it from this weird thing. I'm not like making this up in the Torah, so I can prove to you how ancient and right we are, but in, in the Torah, there's this magical thinking where God tells, the, God tells Moses to make this effigy serpent snake out of um, metal and um, so that the Israelites will be somehow magically healed instead of dying. It was like the, the idol became like the anti-venom, literally, um, to the snake's poison. So, so where's the first time that we ever see a snake in the Torah? Right, Adam and Eve, the Garden of Eden. And, and that snake was really a symbol, not just of seduction, but of spiritual immaturity in a way. And so when the snake reappears in the middle of the wilderness, it should remind us of the fact that it was about spiritual immaturity and be a warning to us that we should be courageous and not shirk our responsibility. And when there's something that comes um, that we're fearful about, we should look it right in the eye. And that's what God says to do, is that you're fearful of these serpents, I want you to build an enormous one. Um, but several centuries later, King Hezekiah comes and realizes, well, it's an idol and people are actually worshiping it and does away with it. The second magical thinking comes from something called the para aduma, the red heifer. Um, and so just remember that all of these things happened um, in the wilderness and they were going to be brought to the temple when the temple would stand in Jerusalem. The para aduma, or the red heifer, was this idea that the high priest had to find a red heifer, a cow, without any blemish on it. It was very difficult to find and they would make a sacrifice out of it and they would take the ashes 
And in order to go into the Temple Mount in Jerusalem, you needed the red heifer and you needed the ashes from the red heifer to actually purify people who were going into the Temple Mount. Okay? So do we do that anymore? No, first of all, we don't sacrifice animals. And um, there was a big problem because about 10 years ago in Kfar Hasidim um, in Israel, they found a red heifer in 2003. So the big issue with that, when they had all these rabbis come out to the um, kibbutz, to the moshav where they lived, was they found this red heifer. And if they actually could create a sacrifice, then they could go to the Temple Mount. What's at the Temple Mount right now? That's right. It's a place that um, is very fiery in terms of um, the possibility when we think about end of days. So we no longer do the red heifer, and it turned out that this red heifer actually sprouted a white hair a year later. The Israeli government was like, phew. <laughs> That's not gonna happen, okay? Because we don't do that anymore. But we do a lot of other things. And the reason I bring up the snake and the parah aduman, I'm not gonna go into all of the commentary, but I feel like it's a real message from Hukat that we should be like the snake and not like the red heifer. The red heifer was almost like an impossibility because we knew that Israel was never going to be like that again. Snake, however, I think of as not just the snake in the Garden of Eden or in Hukat, but snakes have the ability to shed their skin. And every, how many people here have ever seen like just the skin of a snake? I once saw it and like got scared because it looks like a snake, but it's just the shed skin. And I love the image of something that's alive that can actually shed what it doesn't need anymore, the outer layer, and that's dead and it's away. But that thing is still alive and it goes forward. And I think the snake, the Nachash, is us. It's the Jewish people. It's why we can have an eight pack and a new Israel fund and a J Street and keep reinventing ourselves as we engage with Israel. So we're no longer looking for the red heifer, for this perfect blemishless sacrifice, because we don't do that. But if we consider ourselves and we think about Kadima, about moving, moving forward, however we engage in Judaism today, whether you're thinking about Israel or your own Jewish soul, think about what is it that you don't need anymore and open yourself up to something you do need in your Jewish souls. Shabbat Shalom.